I view like a video or a post as like a dart against a dartboard with an opportunity to hit the bullseye. I want as many there as possible, but I'm not just going to throw them blindly. I'm going to work on my form. I'm going to work on my dart throwing ability, which in turn mm. would be posting videos the right way. So it's not, I'm not saying just aimlessly throw, but when you do so strategically, chances are one of those is going to be a bullseye. Hey everybody, what's good? Welcome back to the Next Move podcast. And if this is your first time on the show, we're a podcast that share the strategies, stories, and tools of people who are making an impact in India so that you can go ahead and make that same impact for yourself. And today I have a little bit of a different episode for all of you. I have Ben Levitt, Who's the, who's the founder of Bunny Media, a digital marketing services company, as well as a full-time YouTuber. And I'm very excited for this podcast because I really want to go into what does it take to build a full-time YouTube channel, especially in India, where everybody's getting a smartphone now. It's a billion population and everybody's getting on YouTube and the penetration is great. So more and more people are going to start watching and more and more people are going to find that it's a viable career. And I really want to get into the strategies that you can use to build it. Like, what does it actually take? Because a lot of people think, you know, you just take a, you just take a selfie and you just, you know, follow yourself and that's it. But there's actually a lot of work that goes into it. So Ben, I'm so excited to have you on, man. How are you doing? I'm doing very well, man. Yeah, I'm excited to to share some some YouTube knowledge, some Instagram knowledge, whatever we talk about, because a big chunk of my audience is actually from India, so it, it works out. Oh, well. really? Yeah, they're my second biggest country behind only the U.S. Wow, and dude, it's because YouTube has become huge here. Everybody in any moment in public transport or wherever it is, they're watching YouTube, and yeah. everybody in the millennial or Gen Z is looking to become a YouTuber. So that leads me to my first point. Do you think it's too late to get into YouTube? There's so many channels, you know, everybody is talking about everything. Is, is there even space for someone new to come in? 110%. And there will always be space because of how it works. So it's a search engine, meaning that it's all very like high motivation for any type of search query that they put in there. Like someone's coming with very high levels of intent looking for that video. And because of all of this traffic that is flooded to the search engine, there will always be a way that you could compete. It's going to take proper strategy and a lot of time and grit, but there will always be an opportunity to grow. It, the early movers advantage that was once present is definitely gone, but it's still absolutely possible to grow in 2020. What do you think about, you know, let, let's say that you had like a 20 year old or, or whatever age they are, and they're looking to get into YouTube what are kind of like the basic fundamental things that you need when you're going, you're starting this channel? What, what do you need to know? Yeah. So I think people get a little too fixated on like their, their equipment when and people, people hear, Oh, you can start a channel with just your phone, but that's hundred percent serious. Like if your content is good enough, you could absolutely run a channel just using your phone, especially with how these things continue to improve. Like my phone right here can shoot in 4k. Like that's absolutely insane all within your pocket. And even the audio is, is good enough that's actually probably the only thing that I would upgrade quickly is a microphone because people mm -hmm. bounce more often because of poor audio than they do for poor video. So uh, you definitely want to try to get that right. And the other thing I would say is that a lot of people, they, they want to be a YouTuber. They think like they, they think that's synonymous with being a celebrity. 
So if your goal is to come into YouTube and try to become a celebrity, I would say that's going to be very, very difficult for you. But if you come in with sort of like a niche or a plan of focus and thinking about how you're going to provide value to a specific kind of person, that's where you're going to find the most success. But if you just come in there thinking, I'm just going to share my life like randomly and you're just some, so that's, that's the issue that I started with. Cause like my life wasn't that exciting. I was a kid in university. I thought it was exciting, but obviously it's not because there's so many people out there, right? So you need to find a way to be unique, provide value to people. And once you start doing that, things become a lot easier. So let, let's start off with your story, actually, because that'll be a good base for people to know, like, this is how a natural progression is. And people may, may have unrealistic unrealistic expectations when they start a channel. They all think like, you know, I'm doing this, it's going to go to the moon. And then the, I remember it happened with me. The first video they came out, I'm like, damn, like this, this didn't get that many views. So can you, can you talk about your story and kind of what you do on YouTube? For sure. Absolutely. And I think everyone falls into that. Naturally, if you're getting started in YouTube, you're probably a pretty competitive person. So when it doesn't blow up right away, you're like, oh, what the heck? What am I doing wrong? But there's just so many things that you have to learn. And right now, if you're just starting, you don't even know what you don't know yet. So it's really about getting in there and getting started. So my story, how I got into YouTube was I was a football player. It's like American football. Uh, and then I tore my ACL while playing football. And then after that experience, like everybody else, after something traumatic happens, I go to YouTube looking for advice, guidance, support, whatever it may be. And after doing so, I was really blown away by how little there was on there and anything of substance. So I'd always wanted to get into social media. And since I wasn't playing football anymore, I'm like, hey, this is the universe pushing me to get started. So I started making content about fitness because that was another passion of mine. And then the ACL process. And very, very quickly, the ACL videos got a ton of views. And I was actually starting to make money from YouTube very, very quickly because I was in a niche and I was also in a blue ocean. So what that means is like, I'm not competing against a ton of other people. It's a pretty unsaturated niche, which is very hard to find. And while obviously that's not a very, there's not a lot of, lot of longevity there because how many videos can you make about your knee? You're probably capped at about maybe 15, 20 videos. But what that did is it really got my curiosity going and it really got me comfortable and familiar with these platforms, which then became my niche because of how much I really love those and seeing how many people were struggling. So today I make videos all about how to best leverage social media. The, the three biggest things I talk about are Instagram, YouTube, and podcasting. And I help people all, of, all over the world best approach these platforms and build whatever they want to build for themselves using the leverage and the vehicle that are these platforms. Right. Yeah. And, and to be honest, like I use your videos all the time to help grow this channel. So that's why I really wanted to get you on. And let's start at the beginning because when I started this channel, I didn't think much. Like I was just like, you know, I'm going to do these interviews and I'm going to put them on and whatever happens, like you said, I just jumped into it and you learn along the way. But is there a more optimal way to go about it? Like, I really like this point about the niche that you said. And to grow on YouTube, you need you really need a niche. So can you start right at the beginning? What, what's the first few things you should do? Yeah, for sure. So, like, I think a lot of people, like, I'll get sent videos or Instagram photos of people and they'll be like, oh, well, I'm making a video just like XYZ celebrity. Why aren't, why aren't I growing? It's like, because you're not a celebrity. So, like, a celebrity could literally just make stuff about their life because that is their niche. Like their niche is them. For you, if you're not a celebrity, you need to flip it around and think about, okay, how am I going to provide value to the end user? So my niche would be social media, podcasting, and, and like online business. reason why you want a niche is for one, from YouTube perspective, it's very, very driven by authority so it, and trust. So I, I, I always try to get people's mindset to shift when they think about social media platforms and think about it a lot more like a real human interaction. 
the more you can build trust within YouTube, the more they're going to give you support, meaning they're going to show you to more people. How do you do that? You post consistently. You post around a specific kind of topic so that they, it makes their job easier to put you in front of the right people. And then you also play their game correctly. So they give you a ton of tools in the back end to formulate your videos and target them strategically. The more that you do that, the quicker you can get the snowball rolling. And then over time, as you build your catalog of videos, you're being found from all over YouTube. And then that allows you to snowball even further. So your first 100 subscribers are going to be your hardest. And then your first 1,000 will be the hardest. Once you get going to a certain point, it becomes a lot easier because you have so much more authority on YouTube. So then anything you put out there is going to get shown to random people. But it takes building that, that trust. And then the best way to do that is to do, it, do things consistently and do the right things. And what does consistently mean, right? Like, because we hear a lot, um, you know, about video frequency. How often do people need to be posting on their specific topics? Because, you know, that's a specific challenge that I face because I'm a podcast. So I post once a week. And, but I hear, I hear different channels, not yours specifically, but I hear other people saying, you know, you got to be putting out a lot of content three, four times a week consistently, but is that necessary? And is there a kind of a good frequency to be posting? I think one, if, you, if your goal is to really grow, unless you're doing something crazy, like some people's videos wouldn't be sustainable to do one a week because some of them are like so extravagant. There's so much going into it. So then maybe for those people, maybe their consistency is one every other week. I think it's more a matter of getting into a posting cadence that you can actually stick to. More is almost always better. I will say that. But it is also very important to stick to something. So if you're posting once a week, that's a great framework. That's always what I, I try to push people to do is to do at least once a week. If you can do more, great. But if you stick to that and you remain accountable to the one a week, you're going to be feeding enough to the machine to eventually start to grow. But for yourself personally, like with a podcast, another thing that you could be doing is if there's you could be cutting up the long form pieces into different micro pieces of content. So mm. say you ask me a specific question, every question you're asking me here could be its own video. And then the, the benefit to that as a podcaster is now you can target that video very, very specifically to that one topic. So now you're getting the whole overarching opportunity of the entire episode, but that may not be how somebody would find you. But if you cut this up into like 20 different little pieces, you now have a unique opportunity in each one of those videos to target it to different people around that subject. And the more you're just casting more nets and you're going to catch more fish because you're in different, you're in more places. So that's another tool that you can do is repurposing content in different ways because it's, 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 it's how more people can find you too. So that's a real easy way to still use the one piece, but turn it into so many more. Got it. And you know, at the start of your story, you said, you know, you had a few videos that really went off and because you picked a niche, but as you kept going, I'm sure there were challenges. I'm sure there were videos for you where you were like, you know, what the hell? Like, why, why is this video doing so well? And yeah. this video not, you know, doing great, but you've been on it for a long time. So can you talk about some of the main strategies that you felt really worked for you in growing your audience base? For sure. So I will say now at this point, I, I have a pretty good idea of how many views a video is going to get, but there are definitely ebbs and flows. But what I would say the most valuable thing that I've become very good at was conducting research before I ever even make a video. So like, I prove the demand for that video in the majority of cases before I ever even start recording. So I ensure that there is demand for this. And then I fill that demand with the, the video and the subject matter that they're looking for because of all the, the resources that are at our disposal because it's a search engine and people are looking for these things. So that's really, really important. I think people should understand how YouTube functions and conduct research mm -hmm. before they make the video. Reason for that is because so many people spend tons of time creating these awesome videos, 
but if they're not packaged in the right way, it's not going to get put in front of people. So there's few things as depressing as spending all this time and effort making an awesome video and it not being shown to anyone. And it's not even because the video is bad. It's just because you didn't do the right things properly to formulate it, to get it in front of the right people. So I think that's probably something that I can't stress enough is understanding YouTube and doing your research. So I think that's a, that's a, an amazing point. And can you break down a few of those things when you're doing research? What does it look like? Because I know it's a search engine, but how do I know that there's demand for a video? How does anyone know that people actually want to watch this video? Yeah, well, so with you being in a niche, there's so many different ways you can go about video research. Like for one, if you're entrenched in that niche, you probably get a ton of questions. So literally, that's a great place to start right there. What are your most commonly fielded questions? Make videos on all those subjects. Okay, that's one place I would start. The next one that's super easy is go look at your competitors. Who are the people crushing it in your niche? If you go through and go to their channel and then look at the most popular videos, there are going to be some that stood out that got like way more views than the typical videos. Those are breakthrough topics. I would make videos on all of those topics with your unique spin on those because there's clear evident demand for those. Why not leverage that traffic? And then another thing you would do is beyond that because that's, that's the easy stuff. You can then go to like Google Trends, answer the public, find all the different topics that people are looking for around your niche. Those are all different video ideas. And then right on YouTube, if you just go to the search bar and start typing up questions. So say for me, if I were to go there, I'll do it right now. If I were to go to it and start saying Instagram, then it's going to populate based on what people are searching. So I can see right here, Instagram Reels tutorial. Like These are all populated things based on how many people are searching for it. And in addition to that, I actually have some Chrome extension plugins that really help it a lot. So I have this one called Keywords Everywhere. So in addition to the drop-down menu from the search bar, it actually gives me a direct number value of searches per month. So then I actually have data right there in front of me that I can then use and leverage to, to make sure that I'm making a video that's in demand. But beyond that, so once I figure out there is a demand, let's say I'll click a video here at the topic. So Instagram edits, there's 1,700 people searching this per month. But then how you really take this to the next level is, is I use this in combination with another tool called TubeBuddy. So the benefit yeah. to what TubeBuddy does is it will actually show you the level of competition for that keyword as well. So I, now I know there's demand, but then I'm also looking at the level of competition so that I can formulate my video with the title, the thumbnail, and the tags to stand out or be unique enough to start bringing in the traffic to get the chain moving. So it, it's really about leveraging the information that's out there and then using some of these tools, like my favorite are uh, Keywords Everywhere and TubeBuddy, and I use those for every bit of research that I do. And I think um, this is really important for me to take away as well as everybody who's listening because there's a lot of thought and you know, research that goes into every video. There, everything people are saying, how they're, you know, how they're putting subscribe buttons in the middle of their video, it's yeah. all thought about before. And you can't just randomly do videos and expect it to grow. It's like, it's like anything, I guess. It's like any sort of business. There has to be some targeted strategies that help you grow. And another thing I want to ask is, you know, you're starting a channel and a lot of people aren't going to have the, you know, fortune or are going to have instant hits. Like what is kind of the time frame that people can be thinking about where let's say I'm making these podcasts and it's been six months or seven months and I'm still like not getting any views when is it kind of the time to know when you think maybe I should be switching up my content? Maybe people aren't enjoying this. So how do you know? And is there a time frame that you should be looking at? Yeah. So 
there's no time frame because there are people that will blow up in like a month. And then there's some other people that can be grinding at it for years and be like a five year overnight success, right? Like their channel will start popping. Mm -hmm. And it's strange because you do, we do live or die by the algorithm, but there are things that you can do, like, as I've been mentioning earlier to increase the likelihood of getting favorable treatment. So to say whether it's like working or not, for me, I'm a huge advocate of always split testing, always doing different tests. So if you've been doing the same thing over and over again, that's silly because you haven't, you have nothing to compare it to, right? So you should always be conducting split tests, seeing if a different kind of thumbnail works better, seeing all, all these different things. You want to experiment because if you don't experiment, you don't know. So I, I'm a huge believer in that knowledge is power. So you should constantly be exploring. That's why getting into a regular posting frequency, all of these, like I view like a video or a post as like a dart against a dartboard with an opportunity to hit the bullseye. I want as many there as possible, but I'm not just going to throw them blindly. I'm going to work on my form. I'm going to work on my dart throwing ability, which in turn mm. would be posting videos the right way. So it's not, I'm not saying just aimlessly throw, but when you do so strategically, chances are one of those is going to be a bullseye, right? The more that you do them the right way. So, it, but it is definitely a long-term game. So for, like I said, if someone's getting very impatient, I, I can't stress patience when it comes to social media enough. I get inundated with so many people who are like frustrated that they're not growing on YouTube or Instagram. And then I go look at their pages and they've posted like even like 20 times. And I'm like, I don't have zero sympathy for you. I'm sorry, but that's not enough. Like you got to look at this, how competitive it is on Instagram and YouTube. There are billions, billions with a B people making videos every single day. So if you're not showing people that you're going to be consistent, providing consistent value. Why would someone pick you? Why would someone watch your channel? You need to show them why you're great. Not like, not like they're not just going to believe you. You need to show them and understand that they're there for themselves. They're not there for you. They don't give a crap about you. It, right. they, care, they care about them. I think that's an issue that I ran into was that like, I was making videos for me. And I know that sounds kind of backwards, but you're not making it for you. It's got nothing to do with you. It's everybody about who's behind or in front of the screen, right? Who's watching it. That's who it's about. So if you, I would say shift your perspective, start making videos for other people, continue to do things the right way. And then also experiment like crazy. So like, there's always different things that you can do and also become very good at social listening. So that's a term that I use all the time in my videos. And essentially all it is, is actually actively looking at the platforms and what's currently working, what's working for you, what's working for everybody else. So many times people try to reinvent the wheel. And that's one of the worst things that you can do on social because what's working at the time is working for a reason. Try to replicate that into your own strategy and you'll get more success because of it. And if you're not paying attention to what else is out there and what's working for people, you're missing out on it. So practice active social listening. I'll invest an hour or two a week looking into that. Why is it, what's working? Why is it working? And then get on it as quick as possible. If you're a small channel, you, your ability to be nimble and fast is hyper, hyper critical. The reason for this is if you have a, a trend or something that just happened, if you can be the first one to make the video, you're going to rank number one. It doesn't matter if there's someone else who makes it better later. If you're there, you can get the traffic. And if people like the video, it will stay there. So that's literally been some of the major inflection points for my channel is when I would get home from work or school or whatever. And then I'd make a video right away because I'm like, I need to do this because if I don't do this right now, a competitor with way more followers is going to do it tomorrow and I'll never get that chance. So honestly, being nimble is so important. Some of my videos, they weren't even that good, but I was first. So like, that's very, very important too, is to be quick, be nimble. And as someone who's small, 
there's, there's way less overhead. There's way less things that go into me making a video. Whereas a lot of my competitors, like they had so much th- things going into this, right? Like they need to send it to their editor. They need to do X, Y, and Z. They can't move as fast as I can. So that's your unique advantage. Take advantage of that. I, I love that. I absolutely love that. And can you kind of go into one example of when this has really worked out for when you've been nimble with a specific video? Cause that'd be awesome. For sure. So there's a, there's a few of them on my channel. One, one is a perfect example right now. So I just made a video on Instagram Reels, which is a new feature to Instagram. It's kind of their answer to TikTok. And I saw that, no, I just got, I literally got it that day. And I'm like, I need to make a video right now because I know all of my competitors will make one, but it'll probably come out tomorrow. And I was right. So I, I got on it two days ago. And in two days now, it already has 7,000 views. And it's performing better than the majority of my videos because I was fast. A better example of this even than that is, uh, this was when I was very, very small. I'd say I probably had like 2,000 subscribers at this point. And they took away, you, you used to be able to see the following, like the people that you were following, you used to be able to see what their actions were on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. Okay, so Instagram yeah. took that away about 10 months ago. I got home from work that day and I was like, I was so tired, but I'm like, I need to make this video and I need to make it now. I made it. There were so many people searching for this and no one had made a video because literally it, it went into effect. My video was uploaded like two hours later. It was, a, and I didn't really say anything of substance. I literally just said, this is gone. This is what it was. And this is why it's gone. And then literally it's a seven minute video and it has over a hundred thousand views. And keep in mind, I only had like 2000 subscribers at this time, but I was first, it was a trend and I got it out there. And that was a huge, huge inflection point where I'll, I'll go even a little deeper here. I'll, I'll go look at how many subscribers mm-hmm. that gained for me, but I, I think it gained me a few thousand subscribers. So that changes dramatically that literally two X the size of my, of my whole page from one video, just for moving wow. quickly. That That's like, that's insane. And I think, that, you know, I, I don't really think on this stuff. And I think most people don't think this strategically. And you're so right, because if you're doing that, nobody else is doing that. 99% of people aren't doing that. And if you can capture those keywords, those phrases that people are typing in, you know, you, you can be a winner. And I, I, really, I really love that point. And I really love this interview because from what I'm taking away of it is it takes so much effort. It takes so much thought and research and you know actively doing it properly to get to where you want to go um yeah sorry go ahead yeah so i'd say definitely does but you need to really like entrench yourself in this so much so that it becomes second nature because like i didn't really have to think about that because i was so it was part of my dna at that point because i had spent so much time so like anything at first it seems like a lot of work it seems very very daunting but when you become comfortable and familiar it's just as normal and routine and instinctive as breathing. Like you just like, boom, boom, you go. Right. So mm-hmm. yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. It does take a lot of work, but when it becomes so familiar and so second nature, it just kind of happens. Right. Right. And I think, you know, Ben, I think that's an amazing place to kind of wrap up this interview. I do want to ask one last question. Um, you know, a lot of people before they even get onto YouTube, they have all these ideas. I want to do this. I want to do vlogs. I want to do a podcast. But it's, it's, you know, it's not easy to put yourself out like this, you know, and to share yourself to the world. You know, some people will think, man, what if people don't like it? Or, you know, what will think people think of me and all this kind of stuff. And I know that's a huge detractor. So what do you kind of say to that when people ask you that? Well, you know, what would you say to those people? Yeah, well, I've been kind of in the fortunate position where I've ne- I never really cared about what people thought. Like I knew, and this is funny because it came to be like, even people that were very, very close to me, like, 
I knew behind my back, they were like saying, oh, this guy's an idiot. Like, why is he doing this stuff? And I actually got featured on the national news here in Canada. So like I was on everybody's TV. And then even one of my best buddies, he's like, yeah, I can't lie. So many people were saying that you're an idiot for doing this. Like you're just <laughs> wasting time, all of this stuff. So it, it, you have to understand that naturally people are very, very pessimistic and they're so afraid and they're not doing what they want to be doing. So it comes out as negativity towards you. So understand it's more about them that anybody that's going to say something negative, it's about them. It's not about you. So as long as you're doing something that you, you're passionate about and you feel like it needs to be done, that's, you need to have like selective retention because you have to understand why they're saying that. And it's never about you. Their negativity is not about you. It's about them. So honestly, you have to switch the way you look at that. When people would be negative to me, I'm like, this is more of a reason why I should be doing this. Like this, this makes me double down. That's my competitive nature. Uh, growing up in sports, I'm hyper, hyper competitive. So if people tell me I can't do something, that is like putting NOS in my car. Like I want to go faster. Right. So I think it's all about how you look at negativity. And then two, it sounds kind of morbid, but like you die, like we all die. So it's like, if this is something that you want to be doing, like how much does one person say, Oh, he's a loser. Does that matter? Because if, if, if I let that stop me, or if you let that stop you, you can't go to where you want to go. And you're letting somebody that you don't even really care about. You're letting their opinion have a true bearing on your situation, which is just silly to me. So whenever I think about, oh, like, would so-and-so care about this or that? I just think about you literally could die tomorrow. This is something that I want to do right now. I'm going to go to action and then I'm going to try to make it the best that I can. Amazing. And I think that's, that's really, really amazing advice. So I think that's a great place to wrap up. Ben, thank you so much for your time, man. I really, really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on, man. I appreciate it. Awesome. And for everybody listening, thank you so much for tuning in. I'm going to link Ben's channel in the comment section below because really I have learned so much about Instagram, especially YouTube, growing a podcast from Ben's channel. And there's going to be amazing follow-up videos that I really liked that I'm going to link in the comment section below because they've really, really helped me grow. The little bit that I have, they've helped me grow. And yeah, so thank you so much for listening to this podcast. See you in the next one. Bye. Peace.